Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. I'm Andrew Harith, and joining me as always is my co-host, my favorite man in the office, Mr. Andrew Decker. How are you, Mr. Harith? I am well. I am well. Um, I am... uh, Well, you and I are both fighting some seasonal allergies, we think. Uh, Yeah. You know, I never, like, growing up, I never suffered from allergies, and this week I was kind of knocked on my tail um from from all the the pollen and stuff i thought it was the flu i thought it was covid but good lord man as i grow older i'm my body is just it's failing on me you know there reaches a point in life where you notice some body changes you notice hair in places you didn't have hair before (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah sorry it's not that kind of change uh Uh, all of our listeners should just fast forward past that part um (laughs) So yeah, I mean it's and so that's why we're we're both recording in uh, separate locations. Uh, so you right. may I'm hear actually, that I'm in, actually, the, in the recording. I'm I'm actually in the office. Um, oh great! It's very quiet here right now, and and Good. you know, we we I've yeah. missing you this week. I was here. I, I saw, know. You know, I was here. Man, I I on it. I felt better today, but I just didn't without really knowing what it is. I didn't want to come in. I, I was able to answer calls and emails and go to court sporadically, but. Uh, but I didn't want to put, you know, ma- mainly I didn't want to put my office manager at risk. And she's like, you know, she's awesome. My, runs my business for me. <laughs> yeah. She, let's um, be honest, she runs your life. Just be yeah. happy. We ha- we're all, we're all happy. She, she works for you. and puts up. No joke, man. No joke. So Andrew, we, we have been in deciding what we're going to do on this episode. Kind of like we always do. We're pulling this, um, this issue, this scenario straight out of uh out of our business your business specifically this is an issue that you've had recently um yes that's kind of an interesting legal scenario uh yeah very yeah. nuanced and and we thought mm. it would make a good episode it may not yeah, be when you know too long of an episode but but maybe it'll be pretty interesting well when when i ask you a question and when i ask uh another seasoned attorney and a question and all of us kind of go, yeah, we don't think that works. And then I, something in my gut goes, the prosecutor seemed too damn confident. Right. Yeah. And I decided to do a little research and did some research and then sent the email to the other, to the other attorney with the case law going, uh, we might have a problem here. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> we're, <clears throat> so we're going to talk about some family violence, which obviously is a problem. Don't do that. Don't sure. yeah. D- don't hit. Don't hit your loved ones. Don't hit your neighbors. Don't don't hit people. It's something we yeah. learn in kindergarten. Keep your hands to yourself. Um, yeah. In, in discussing this, obviously, it is an area of the law that that can be quite polarizing. We are in no way um, saying any of the activity is okay. Uh, yeah. Right. That, no. That's our right. That's our disclaimer. Right. It's um, kind of like DWIs. Our, our don't advice, do that. Yeah. Our advice is always, you know, just uh, don't break the law. Yeah. To quote Tim Moore, don't do that. Yeah, just don't do that. Um, so. Yeah. So, anyways. So, you're gonna uh, t- so, why don't, why don't, yeah. so, first of all, you and I handle lots and lots of family violence cases. Um, uh, first, a reminder that family 
family as defined in the code in this case does not we we we've talked about this many times we normally think of spousal abuse or child abuse uh, that's what we think of, but really it can be anyone with whom you've had a dating relationship, with whom you have a child with, who you live with, um, or uh, who is related to you in one degree of saying, what is it, sangrioti? Yeah. Uh, um, basic, basically, yeah. a parent, yeah, there you go. Uh, I, the other is a, would be an alcoholic drink. Um, so what's the word again? <laughs> Sangria? Yeah, that's what I was trying to say, and that's not the word. Consanguinity? Said, yeah, I think it's consanguinity. Yeah, or or, or affinity, you know, yeah. You know, right. but right. even but roommates, basically, right? I mean, yeah, it, right. it's pretty broad. It's pretty broad. Basically, if you've lived with them uh, or had uh, um, a sexual relationship with them, or they are the product of a sexual relationship of your parents or of you, your 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 family yeah and, and that really just opens up the you know the the consequences if there is some kind of um you know physical dispute or whatever and and to be clear uh you know d uh, uh da's offices uh, arresting agencies police agencies and they get called out on a on a domestic dispute a lot of agencies have a zero tolerance uh, yeah, somebody's kind of offense. So somebody's going in and, if there's a call. And and sometimes in that report, I actually will find we took this person in primarily to to, to separate the two and make sure yeah. there was no other dispute this evening. Right. Yes. They they kind of pick the one they think is more guilty. Yeah. Um, but it may be obvious that both of them are involved, but they're going to arrest one of them just so that they don't get called back out again in another 30 minutes or another hour. And, you know, Andrew, this is kind of one of those things like I complain about it when I have clients coming in and, and sometimes it can feel really unfair, but, you know, I kind of get it. It's a really dangerous situation for those officers. Um, I, I think they should obviously be be trying to prove their case as much as possible on the scene. But, you know, the standard for an arrest is probable cause. Right. And most of the time. Right. Um, there, there's there's probable cause to arrest in those situations. So. I, you know, I'm kind of mm -hmm. like sitting the fence on this one. Like I, I, for my clients, you know, I, I really, I do think a lot of them can be a little bit unjustified, but, um, but it is, it is a dangerous situation. So assault, right. family violence, you know, intentionally, knowingly um, causing pain to somebody that's a member of your family or kind of what we discussed earlier, class A misdemeanor normally, um, mm -hmm. right. But of course, just like anything else that can be enhanced. Uh, up to mm. uh, up to you know a felony. Uh, obviously, if it's a class A, if it goes up, it's going to a felony, um, and that can be done in a number of ways, right, Andrew? I mean, you know, obviously, if it's if it's a, a multiple uh, family violences, it'll be enhanced up to to a felony. Um, if you have multiple arrests within a year, then it's automatically a continuous family violence, starting out at a third degree felony. Um, you know, and then there's, there's the, um, what, uh, assault family violence with two prior off with two priors, uh, which will be a felony as well. It, it, I thought assault family violence, it, it only took one prior it's theft that takes two to become a felony. Isn't that correct? You're right. You're right. You're right. It's that it's the right. slow brain movement, uh, from having a week off being on my, my butt all week. Um, well, 
So, but hey, that, look, that is Andy, to- Andy, Mr. Harris, it's the first mistake you've made this week, and we're going to give you we're going to give you a pass this on week. that. Ever in my life, bro. No, no just kidding. No, that's your life. I'm trying to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, if I, I found if I laugh, I, that's when I really start to cough uncontrollably. So, uh, you know, you keep so your stop quips that. to yourself. Uh, but but that's really where it's going to come into into play here, right? Uh, Mr. Decker, you, you've got an interesting situation. Uh, and by the way, y'all, we're looking at uh, Title Five, Chapter 22, Offenses. Uh, assault of offenses in the penal code kind of describes assault, family violence, and the ranges of punishment, all sorts of stuff. And then it'll direct you from there on as to how to define a family, et cetera, um, namely right. Section 71 of the Family Code. Uh, just if you are following along in your hymn, hymn books at home. Exactly. Um, but, Andrew, just d- tell us what's going on in, in this situation. And, of course, you know, we're not going to be using any identifying information. This is an ongoing case. But it is it is fairly interesting, right? And and, and anytime anytime Mr. Harith and I learned something uh, that we kind of went, huh? I didn't know that. Um, yeah, it, it's something that we feel like probably others might make the same mis- not mistake because we're learning. It's not a mistake until until you get written up in eleven oh seven habeas as ineffective. But prior to that, it's just learning. Um, uh, right. So I have a client who is uh, charged with assault family violence with a prior. Okay. Right? Yeah. Sucks. Sucks. And he's got some history. And so that makes him habitual. We'll kind of get to that in a minute. Okay. So he's initially charged with a felony or misdemeanor? So he's initially, so remember assault family violence with bodily injury is a class A misdemeanor. Right. He's charged with a, with prior. Okay. Okay. So, so we're, we're at a felony. All right. Right. And then, and then in the, in the uh, indictment, they do list two other prior felonies, prior pin trips. And so remember if I have a third degree felony and I have one prior pin trip, uh, I can then be punished at a second degree level. If I have yes. two prior pin trips, I'm now uh, habitual. Correct, Mr. Harris? Yes, two separate final convictions, meaning correct. you went to prison, got out, went to prison, got out. And then if I'm habitual, what's my risk level? Oh, it's 25 minimum up to life. If, 25 if to 99 to or life. Yes. Right, correct. So... This class A misdemeanor is being repped up to a a habitual. So when I got the priors in this case, and I did, you know, sometimes you you end up having to go, okay, I've got it, you know, if it's one prior, you kind of go, okay, great. You know, you ask the guy, did you go to the pen? Yes. Well, with this one, I decided I better look at each one of these priors. I looked at, you know, I, I even got his juvenile record, probably because I want to know how bad it is. Um, yeah. And and a couple of them, I can see that out of uh, a, a county that's an hour and a half away, um, sure enough, he's done a couple of pin trips. Okay. All right. That's fine. Well, then I tried to find, I was like, so where's this family violence, right? That should be a misdemeanor and everything's out of a felony court. 
So I finally found it. All right. Awesome. So the original, right, the original primary offense was an aggravated kidnapping. Sheesh. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, Big time. Right. Yeah. So aggravated kidnapping is I inflicted bodily injury on the person and I abducted them or kept them from being moved. Um, and uh, this person um, you know, it kind of go, okay, well, so that that was indict that that was charged as a felony. Initially. Initially, correct. Yes. Um, in a felony court, in a district court, uh, again, about an hour and a half away from where we, you and I primarily, um, well, I'll say right. in the 54th District Court of McLennan County, right? Doesn't matter. It's a prior. Um, right. And if you can find it based on what I told you, good for you. Um, yeah. So this person pleads to a Class A misdemeanor, assault. Okay, so he was arrested and charged with aggravated kidnapping. It gets dropped down <laughs> to a Class A misdemeanor assault to which he pleads guilty to. Correct. Okay. Correct. I'm on board. And basically, he has so much credit that he pleads to a, a credit time served. Right. Um, he may have done a little bit of time, but basically he pleads to a credit time served on this misdemeanor assault. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, there is yeah, that's a great result. <laughs> gr great result. Uh, yeah. It would be something uh, that you and I would do all the time all day for this long, person. Man. Yeah. That's... Um, right. And mm -hmm. um, credit time served, cut him loose, get him out, right? All day long. Good, good. Fantastic. Good him. So this, this judgment was entered uh, in 2011. There is nothing on this judgment for a finding of family violence. Okay. Right. So, well, so there, there, there should be normally when we say a finding of family violence, you're, you know, referring to the judge making an affirmative finding of family violence. That's when there's, you know, you're pleading to that, not just a class A assault, but a class A assault family violence where now they have the firearm warning that goes into effect and, and everything else that comes with it. Correct. Correct. Okay. Right. So lots of time. Lots of times we don't want that family violence for several reasons. One, we don't want we don't want someone to lose their right to own a firearm, especially if it's something where you kind of go, it wasn't a firearm issue. That's not. We don't have any anything that says that. Or let's not make it a firearm question. Right. Yeah. We don't want them enhanceable in the future. Or, as often the case, a year later when this is actually being done. Well, my client and this woman have not seen each other since that night. They're not going to be together. They'd only been together a few months. This this doesn't need to be a family violence. And the prosecutor agrees. Right. Right. I'm sure you've had that. Have you not? Yes. Yes, of course. You know, kind of the yeah. kind of the yeah, they were in a dating relationship, but they weren't family. Right. Right. And um, yeah. I mean, you know, that would be like a judicial economy type uh, type type situation right like i'm not going to waste the court's time to bring this in 
to to try this to you know to, if it's just like kind of a a, a short term you know fling type relationship and everybody's on board with this type of result right i mean right. you and know we, we make we, those deals all the time all the time um and our clients happy because they don't have a family violence finding and that becomes important later on and yeah. so i went to the prosecutor in this case and said hey you know that prior doesn't have a family violence finding on it and I truly, you know, it's one of those where I got everything. So, yeah. you know, I looked through uh, the admonishments. I looked through um, uh, the conditions of the bond, the waiver of jury trial, uh, you know. And it's long enough ago that um, uh, some of, you know, some of the warnings that we would have now aren't necessarily on there but I, I mean i read through all of it and i'm like yeah 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 okay so, so no, nothing no 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 family nothing. violence gotcha great you're sitting and pretty the, at this point right and the prosecutor <laughs> um uh gets real Um, excited when I say that. You still with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't have to be on there. And I was like, okay, somewhere I must not know something. And that's huh. when I started doing some work, right? Because yeah, I thought I had found the loophole. Yeah, right? yeah. That seems like you would need it to be documented if you're going to be using it later yeah seems to me yeah okay seems all right seems so like you it. so you went looking and went, what's going on what happened <clears throat> so i found some case law that uh this is this is actually it's in several cases so you know you can do a quick google if you want to uh but the one i'm actually looking at the one that i that I saved was Tanner v. State. Um, uh, it was actually out of Tarrant County. Um, and that would be where I'm, th this case is currently. And it says that this person was being tried for, uh, a for assault family violence with a prior. Okay. And the appellate challenged both the legal and factual sufficiency of the evidence, uh, um, Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just got a pop up on my. I know you're trying to like read read the uh, read what you're trying yeah, to find no... as you're as you're well, speaking. I'm yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm talking, and then a pop up popped up on my screen, and it it distracted me. It's the joy of of uh stuff. So it's, yep. Basically, they they um are saying you know that a subsequent. Uh, offense is a third degree felony if the offense is committed against a person whose relationship, if it is shown at trial that the defendant has a previous convicted offense of a person who's described as a family member under the family code. Right? Okay. And in this case, the appellate contends the state failed to prove that he had once been convicted of family violence because the judgment on the prior conviction failed to name the ass assaulted person or the relationship, if any, with that person. 
Okay. There's no family. There's no family finding. So, so what? So then what? Ah, uh, right. So it says Article forty two thirteen of the O uh, thirteen of the Texas Code of Criminal Procedure requires that a court make a, an affirmative finding of the fact for a family violence finding. And they said that's the better practice for making a family violence in appropriate cases since it avoids, this is quote, avoids the need for extrinsic evidence and possible complications in the future. But the absence right. of the finding in the judgment of conviction of a previous assault does not in and of itself preclude the introduction of extrinsic evidence that the previous assault was committed against a family member. In other words, okay. it doesn't have to be on the face of the um, judgment. So, so you have a you have a judgment there. You got a great result for your client. They come back to you years later, and they're and they're saying, "Hey, uh, we're somebody is, um, you know, they're they're trying to say I committed a felony. It shouldn't be a felony. What's going on? I, I mean, that, that seems to be what is happening in this case, right? Like." Like, yes, the prosecutor is thinking, as long as I bring in some evidence to say that this judgment actually was family violence because of, you know, whatever. And whoever uh -huh. the trier of fact is, um, you know, if, if so, they. Yeah. Yeah. So so the the this case actually lists four types of extrinsic evidence that have been found and they basically then quote other cases. So this isn't something that one appeals court said, yes, um, this is one that, you know, like they've built together and I find nothing that would overrule it. Uh, the four types of extrinsic evidence that can be used to, for, to support a finding that the defendant was convicted of a prior crime in including or involving family violence. One Jeez. testimony okay. of the victim of the prior assault. Okay. Right. All right. Two, the admittance of copies of the complaint, information, waiver of rights, judgment, and docket sheet, which all include information that the assault had been perpetrated on a family member. Okay. Okay. But you got to have them all. Basically, it can't yeah. just be. But if the judgment says it's a family member, I don't know why you need all the rest of it, but that's okay. Right. Um, three, the defendant's judicial confession. So like if the judicial confession says something about family violence, you know, because sometimes we have a separate line. There's a separate line saying, you know, yeah. yes, I am uh, Andrew Decker. My age is this. Uh, and I've been I'm pleading guilty to a case of assault family violence, even though it's not on the judgment because the judicial confession line says it. That could be enough right. uh, because they sign it <clears throat> or testimony from a witness to the assault or the arresting officer. Uh, okay, right. so the arresting officer can testify. Yes, they were. You know what? The yes, they're they're family members. They appear to be family members. Y yeah, I guess. Okay. Well, all right. So in those ways, they can go outside of what the judgment says to 
to, you know, I guess to, to bolt to prove that it's family violence, even when the judgment is absent on it. Yeah. Or, or silent when the judgment is silent on that issue. Okay. That's scary. That terrifies me a little bit. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's terrifying. So, so basically we have this class A assault judgment that doesn't include a family violence that can then be used to wrap up his current arrest. And they say yeah. that this new one is a family violence. So we've wrapped up a class A now to a third degree. And because, and again, I looked at the others, I found the felonies that, you know, that, that play out correctly. We're now looking at 25 to 99 or life on a, um, did he assault his current girlfriend? So, I, okay. So, so, you know, our, our job, right? Like, yes, this guy, he's got, you know, your client has history, guy or female, whatever it is, um, has history. And, you know, to an extent, like, you know, our job in defending him is, is just to make sure the state's following the law uh, and not really taking advantage of, uh, you know. Right. That, that, at the, yeah, at this point, that's my primary concern was, Hey, they can't do this. This is we need to we need to get the proper level of charging. Yeah. Right. Yes. Because if if all we had was a class A misdemeanor and he's got all these priors, I'd be like, dude, sign it up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But this one this one was fishy. So you went you went searching. So essentially, the other attorney who got him this amazing deal, you know, it 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 helped him in the in that one instance, but now he finds himself back in, in trouble um, uh -huh. being accused of a family violence because they think they can prove this up to a family violence that would make it a felony, which then the rest of his history comes into play. And now he's looking at 25 to life. Correct. Where previously, right. If you, if you have prior felonies and you're charged with a class A misdemeanor, there, it does. It does. It does raise the stakes. Instead of being one, uh, you know, one day to three hundred sixty-five days, or zero days to three hundred sixty-five days, there becomes a minimum of ninety yeah. Uh, yeah. days yeah. in the county jail. Right. So that sucks. Right. right. Nobody wants to do three months in the county jail. But we're not talking about three months. We're yeah. talking about twenty-five years um, yeah. as a minimum to a jury. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise, right, if they couldn't prove this, then your case wouldn't be 25 to life. It would be a class A misdemeanor, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah that's right. Exactly. Exactly. So even if, so, so he was charged with aggravated kidnapping, I wonder then if it's assault family violence, I guess it, just because he pled guilty to assault, even like in a kidnapping, I mean, with it aggravated, doesn't necessarily have to be assaultive type behavior i'm just wondering like he could have you know we we sometimes plead dwis to obstructing highway passageway um mm -hmm. even when the facts don't really meet obstructing a highway passageway right so right in this instance if he got the benefit of the doubt he 
you know, and pled to the assault when an assault didn't really occur, but it just so happened to be against a family member. I mean, it would mm. seem to me that both parties are kind of stopped in making their argument at that point, right? Because both parties got the benefit of the deal in that initial instance, right? The state so, didn't so have to in, bring any evidence. The, uh-huh. Right. In the initial in the initial charging instrument, right, it actually says that, that my client, uh, the way they get to aggravated, uh, aggravated kidnapping was, is that he did in there with the intent to inflict bodily injury upon this person, abduct them and restrict their movements. So he at least had an intent, um, right. uh, you know, and again, if I'm pleading a first degree felony down to a class A misdemeanor time served. Yeah. What, what, what attorney or client is it going to go? Let's, let's get this done. You can't take the risk. Right. Right. I, I think where, it needs to be something. The, yeah, go ahead. You know, because he his chart his charging instrument starts with a minimum on the on that case a minimum of five years in the pen, and you pled him to less than a year in the county jail. Credit time served effectively. So I can't. I I don't fault his his attorney. Uh, 12 years ago, one iota. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a, that's still a great, that's still a great result um, from his attorney. I mean, this guy's just, you know, a victim of his own circumstances, right? Um, Yeah. The, and, and, but, but I, I think then that as defenders, it would behoove us to remember this case when we get a fantastic result. Um, especially if there's anything to do with uh you know with 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 family members um you know that that there's it it, it, could still it doesn't come mean back it goes away yeah it butt. could it could right, come back right and because of still this could case. bite you on the butt yeah yeah i mean i don't think this guy i don't think you know the waco attorney i, I don't think there's anything like what would you do like the remedy would be filing a a, a bill on that, on that, um, you know, reduced case back in the day to say you weren't properly advised that it could come back to haunt you, but you still got a huge benefit to that. Right. I mean, it's not like it's a Padilla writ, you know, in that, no, they like, I wasn't properly advised of the enhancements on this case. Um, (laughs) I wasn't right. I, I wasn't properly advised that if I beat up my girlfriend again, or a different a different person again that that yeah. might not be a problem. Oh man, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, well, when you put it like that, Mister Decker, um, <laughs> I know it's terrible. I sound terrible. Okay, so right. this is Tanner v. State. Um, it's just it's just interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I know you've talked to a couple of attorneys and and some a lot, you know, more seasoned than us and uh, than me. Um, you know, guests on the show, like well respected attorneys who were kind of like. Oh, what you, I did not yeah, know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, I'm glad that I was kind of caught off guard as well. Um, but dang, I, this, this is kind of, uh, this is an interesting, uh, opinion here. 
It's it's a new twist. Yeah, it's a. It's Is it something... going to change anything that you do? Uh, I don't know that it is. Uh, it just makes it, uh, more risky, right? Just yeah. makes the whole thing more risky. And it's something I'm going to end up having to explain to this, this person, um, you know, so that I know that I've properly admonished him as when he decides to, whether to continue to wait or to take a deal in these cases. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, hmm is yeah. right. Mm. So that's what I have for today, Mr. Harris. It, it's it, well, it was it was uh, interesting enough that when 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 we decided what to talk about, I was like, this we need to talk about uh this. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is a this is a good this is a good topic. Every time I leave these podcasts, I'm like, dang. <laughs> you know, I think I don't know if anybody else is getting anything out of this podcast, but I sure as hell am. Uh, I I learn something every stinking time. Don't you? Yeah. Jeez. Good. Well, um, for Mr. Decker, I am Andrew Harris. And for Mr. Harris, I'm Andrew Decker. And we will see y'all next time.